Welcome to Laminex Learning Bites. I'm your host, Ace Kagler. My guest is Stu Neighbour, CEO Australia of Inspire Group. We talked about learning, the neuroscience behind it, what happens to our brain when we learn, and how we learn best as adults. We could have talked for hours on some of these topics, which is why we couldn't help but talk for longer than usual. So this episode might not necessarily feel like a learning bite, hope you don't judge. I can assure you though, your brain is going to change forever after you've finished listening. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me on um, our podcast, Stu. Stu Neighbour. Yes. Um, So I know you through Inspire Group, obviously. Um, uh, You are the CEO of Inspire Group Australia. I, I am. And um, I, I didn't know that you were an ex-teacher. Yeah, I was. I taught uh, secondary school, um, taught at a boys' school in Wellington for three years before being um, spat out, as many young teachers do, because they burn you out, does the uh, formal education system. And I think my experience of teaching um, kind of uh, hardened me in terms of, you know, a lot of the way I think about stuff these days is based on what I saw um, go wrong when I was teaching in terms of the way the education system set up worldwide. Yeah, and and you're someone that likes to fight the good fight. <laughs> you, you, you've got it. One of my um, one of one of my um, favorite titles from a guy called Neil Postman is that um, you know teaching is a subversive activity, and I totally believe learning should be subversive. Um, we need to be um you know fighting the good fight and taking and 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 messing things up and blowing things up yeah. and and um you know it's through education and learning is is how you achieve real change that's so interesting um I, i've heard you say that before because i've listened to your podcast <laughs> Um, let me finish though. Uh, background on you. So, ex-teacher, um, you've done instructional design, you've done facilitation, and and you're still continuing to do that at Inspire Group, or? Yeah, I still I still dabble. I still um I still get involved in sometimes you know just high level kind of conceptual thinking and ideas um, that I think would be cool, and and then I you know uh, work on that with the team, and then I kind of. You know, step back and and uh, let the let the designers you know put in all the color and the detail and and and, and bring their flavor to it. Um, but yeah, every now and again, I'll I'll get involved in in those sorts of things. But the rest of the time, just you know, talking to lots of different people about um, you know maybe just challenging a few assumptions that people have around how learning should be, and maybe getting them to maybe just think that there could be an alternative. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been exposed to um, your great thinking before. I love it. Uh, did you want to um, give us a bit of a background on uh, what Inspire Group is? Oh, look, well, yeah, sure. Inspire Group, we're a <clears throat> we're a learning. I guess you could just not simply a a learning design agency. Um, I used to say blended learning, but I think that's I, I find that almost old hat these days. Um, and 
you know, and who knows how much face-to-face learning will be going on in the next few years. So, yeah, we're, 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 we basically, um, you know, one of our sort of missions is, you know, visions is, you know, better learning changes lives. That's the, that's the impact that I think people forget sometimes is, and, and I say this all the time is that, you know, when, when you, when you learn something, your brain physically changes. It so, does. Yeah. so physically, you know, the, the way your brain actually looks in terms of the, in terms of the, the connections and the synapses and the, and the neurons and all those sort of stuff, um, yeah. old pathways fall down, new pathways get built and strengthened and turned into, you know, they start out quite flimsy. And then the more you do something, the more you practice something, it gets harder and harder and ends up being, you know, solid steel. So I always sort of say the older Spider-Man quote of with great power comes great responsibility. Like if you can physically, if you have the ability to physically change someone's brain for better or worse every day, um, wouldn't you make that as good as you could and not shit? Really? Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, that's what our goal is to really just make learning not suck because unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of learning that is sucky <laughs> out there, and if we can make it, um, make it not suck, that's I think a good thing. By nature, it sucks. And I, I love how you, you talked about this. Um, I've listened to your special edition, um, Rage Against the Machine. So your podcast is called Learning to Fly, but you have yep. these special edition um, episodes, which I thought was great as a, um, a, a fellow learning designer myself. Um, and, and I picked up on a few things that you said and how the perception of learning actually comes from the back in the days at school when we used to hate learning because that's how they designed it. They almost designed it in a way that, you know, we should hate it. Um, yeah, and, I, and um, I love how you say that. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the, the curriculum, much of the curriculum is still based on industrialization. Um, the, you know, the work, the, 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 but you can go further than that. You can go, the, the working day is based on factories. You know, the factory would open, you know, you had to be at the factory at nine in the morning and you'd do a shift and you'd have a, you know, a 15 minute lunch break and then you'd work until five. And this was based around, you know, a lot of the times you had to, um, it was based around daylight hours that, you know, the factory had to have good light. So therefore you couldn't start in the factory too early. Um, you know, this is worldwide. So this is right back in the day when we were still working out, you know, electricity and all these sorts of things. So a lot of the way of the, the design of the working day was based on industrialization and, and also the subjects, the, the, the things that they needed kids to learn. So they needed to be able to write and they needed to be able to do maths and they needed to be, you know that there was a whole bunch of subjects that were relevant to the the age of the factory um, that got taught in schools and and the only way of course of of the way back then the way teaching or the way education was perceived was that um, you need to basically pour a bunch of content into kids' heads and then you test them. And the ones that are good at remembering stuff do well. The ones that aren't that good at remembering stuff who have, you know, or, or I always think, or I think of all the kids that I knew in school, they're always the fidgety ones, the ones that couldn't sit still, the ones that, you know, the troublemakers, the ones that um, wanted to talk all the time, the ones that weren't good at English because they like building things with their hands. School wasn't designed for 
a huge amount of kids. It was designed for kids that are good at uh, memorization and and reading and solitary work. And and unfortunately, that um, perspective still shows up in many organisations because you end up with a lot of people running, um, you know, it's either running a learning department or running HR or running people and culture. It's 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 and I'm and I'm separating laminex out of this obviously because um, you know the, the wonderful Laura Staples is is a very different uh, wonderful human being and we need more of her in the world. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of organisations that the people that get these roles their only experience of learning is their own learning experience. And what is it? It was school. It was university. What's university? You do subjects, you go along to tutorials, you take in a lot of content, you write essays and you do a test and that test will determine your grade, your mark and, and all this, all this sort of stuff. So of course people bring that into organizations. And so what do you see? You see, you know, learning, that is still very much compliance based, that it has to be tracked and reported, that needs a test, that is done individually, not in groups. And all these sort of things um, are still prevalent through 95% of organisations, but it's all still based on school. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, brings back so many bad memories. <laughs> and, and, and for a lot of people listening to this, they all know what I'm talking about. A lot of people's a lot of people's experience of school was pretty average. You know, yeah. you made some good. If you had some good friends, they helped you get through it. If you had the odd, and everyone remembers the, the that one teacher that was amazing, um, because they were in there trying to fight the system. They're the ones that you know blew things up in the class and said we're going to go out and lie in the field and look at clouds and we're going to do things different. And the fact that they were trying to do things different made you remember them. We don't. I can't remember. 90% of my teachers because they were just mm -hmm. the same. They were all about the curriculum and the content and the tests. Um, and you and and you weren't really much, you know, you were a student, not a human being. And um, yeah, and that's why a, a lot of people, when they do learning in organizations, their immediate visceral emotional reaction to having to do learning is, oh God. Um, you know, no. here, here, here's, here's a day, an hour, here's a bit of my life I wish I could get back because they know what it's going to be. It's going to be content. It's going to be a quiz. It's going to be, if I'm in a classroom, it's going to be a lot of listening, a lot of note taking. Um, and that's kind of it. And and, it, and the, the, the classic, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I like how you say the um, the bit about you know, it needs to create uh, an, an emotional a reaction in people. Uh, it needs to move people emotionally. And you say positively or negatively. I always thought, you know, learning had to be a positive experience, but then you made me think, oh, as long as it, it creates any emotion, it's memorable and therefore it sticks and therefore you learn. Yeah, I think I think there always is, a, there should be a, in many ways a healthy tension and learning. Yeah. If you've ever anything that's ever worth learning, you didn't pick it up straight away. You know, you you know, um, you know, like the guitar that's behind you. You know, you didn't play that on the first day. You 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 looked at the you figured out the chords. You know, you you either looked at some. You had to build up your knowledge of it. So you had to learn. Hey, there are twelve notes here, and I had to learn the order of it. And there's a theory, 
and then I had to kind of start practicing. And of course, there's a whole, you know, the, there's a there's some physical stuff and mental stuff, and I had to harden up my fingers. And the only way I could do that was by practicing, and I had to chunk it. So I had to do baby steps, and I had to break up the little bits of a song, and all these sort of things mixed together. And then I had to do it over and over and over and over. So, um, and that wasn't easy. But the whole point was, you know, it, it was it, it was worthwhile. It was more meaningful because it wasn't easy. Um, and there was a tension to it. So I think again, um, you know, the, if you you know you read you know all the all the writing by um, on flow is that there needs to be um, a challenge. Mm-hmm. Human human beings crave a challenge. Um, anything in any, anything in life that we've you know become passionate about, um, there was a challenge there. You know, any anything that anyone has done that has had real meaning in their life there's been a challenge and a tension behind it, which is why it's become what it's become. Yeah. Um, look, I actually wanted to start it off with... Um, oh, we haven't started why? yet. Okay, all right, no, let's I do this. No, we haven't. No way. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting into it. Right. Um, well, for the purposes of our podcast, our, our listeners um, would be a general audience not necessarily learning designers I know you're really passionate about the um the the creating um good learning side of things from the creator's perspective so the learning design perspective but if we were to look at learning from an everyday employee like myself like yourself and everyone out there that's listening to us why do we why do we need to learn why are we told constantly that we need to learn at work as adults um and then i guess well can we really stop learning no i'll look on let's take the last bit first you you your your brain and they know this that your brain is basically i don't think you've ever you you you, you, biologically in, in terms of evolution of why we are what we are learning is so integrated into actually evolving and surviving and i'll get onto that shortly but can can you never stop learning no they know that right up until I think that I think there's been a whole bunch of research done that your your brain is still physically changing, and you know things are still connect, you know synapses are connecting and neurons and and your brain is still still in motion and and, and which means it's it's taking in um, new information and doing things with it right up to something like five minutes before your death. Yeah. So you could be 110 years old. Your brain is still, you know, and, and obviously, the, you know, the, 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 I'm, I'm talking about, you know, obviously things like, um, you know, dementia and things like that that happen to people um, at, at, you know, at later stages in life obviously has a huge impact on on the brain, on memory. But in terms of a healthy brain, you you learn right up until, right up until you go. Um, why, why do we need to learn it? Well, well, not just work. I mean, why do we need to learn? I mean, there's the basics of, um, we we learn to you know reduce our knowledge. Um, you know, we, there's a knowledge deficit, and we've got a hunger to find out more about something. You know, there's a there's an innate curiosity in human beings. We need to get better at doing something. Um, but again, well, you know, one of my um, favourite quotes from again Neil Postman, who wrote Teaching as a Subversive Activity, and he, and, and I'll, I'll say the word education, but what we, what we what we're really talking about is learning is that he says in the book, clearly there's no more important function for ed- education to fulfill 
than that of helping us to recognize the world we actually live in and simultaneously of helping us to master concepts that will increase our ability to cope with it. And that for me is really the core of why do we learn? We learn to make sense of the world. Yeah. If, you, if you couldn't learn, you think of the things going on this year. I mean, think about your people's knowledge of pandemics. If you asked me a year ago, how does a you know what 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 you know what what could the impact of a pandemic be, or what's the you know through the experience of it, of this global experience in the last year, people's knowledge of how viruses work, of how they're transmitted, of how um, of of contract tracing, how that works, of you know, there's so many elements to this pandemic that people have had to um, increase their knowledge of. Um, because we, we need to make sense of the world that we live in. Um, and that I think, and, and that's part of that whole human human need for, um, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tie this to the first part, is that, and this is gonna go against everything. So you're, and I'll loop this back, and, I, and I'll, you'll bear with me. <laughs> so your brain has no interest in learning. That's the fundamental thing that people need to remember. Your brain's primary interest is in surviving. That's what your brain, that your brain has one job, and that is to get you through to the next second, to the next day, to the next month. And it's so 99.9% .9 of the time, your brain is a pattern matching machine. So most of the time, uh, on every day, for anyone who's listening to this, what your brain is doing majority of your entire life is asking everything that it's looking at hearing at it's simply going can i kill it will it kill me can i eat it will it eat me can i mate with it does it want to mate with me and the and the big one is have i seen it before and if i've seen it before straight away it's pattern matching going if i've seen it before what was the consequence of that interaction and was it a good one or a bad one? And if it was a good one, I'll act accordingly. If it was a bad one, I'm gonna go into protection mode. Your brain is doing that non-stop all the time. So, because your brain's job is to basically protect you. Now, if, and, and that, so safety is the primary thing that your brain's all about. Now, if you are safe, if you feel safe, then your brain's like, okay, now let's learn some shit. An unsafe brain cannot learn. It, you know, you, if you think about environments, and again, we'll go back to school. If you ever felt unsafe in a classroom, either through the teacher or the environment or anything like that, you didn't learn anything. Yeah. Your your jobs, your brain's job in that classroom, you know, and there are people with families like that that feel unsafe in their family. Your brain's job is to basically, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut, and I'm gonna keep my head down, and I'm gonna get through the next hour to get me out to the next class, which might have the teacher that I really like in it, and that's when I'm going to learn. And so that happens all the time too. So that, and that's why coming back to why do we learn at work? Maybe the bigger question is how do we learn at work? What, what, what conditions do we need to create so people can learn? So how do we create a psychologically safe workplace? How do we, make, how do we create an environment where people are feeling safe around their manager, team leader, colleagues, the work they do, feeling feeling in such a way that the brain is like, okay, let's do some stuff. Um, because if we don't have that, then you've got you've, you've you've got a brain that's not learning. It'll look like they are, it is, but not. It's just surviving. 
it's getting through the day to get home. So when they're at home, they're, you know, they're, they're writing their book or they're learning to paint and that's what they do outside of work. And they're flourishing at it because they feel safe in the environment that they're doing it in. So, so I, I, I always say that the, your, people need to remember, you know, people going, your, your brain loves to learn. No, it doesn't. Your brain will do your, your brain. Again, I always say your brain is your brain. If you, if you imagine your brain, it's basically, um, a, a, you know, it's basically sitting on the couch, eating a pizza, watching TV, watching reality TV, watching Love Island UK. That's all it wants to do. It wants to, it wants to expand, expend no energy and take as many shortcuts as possible. It's a, it's the ultimate slacker. So sometimes, again, if you're asking your brain to learn, you're like, oh, it's like basically asking a person who's been sitting on the couch for a year eating pizza, watching Love Island, which will you all have, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, yeah. and, but, and you're now saying to the brain, I want you to go for a sprint. I want you to run down the road. And it's like, oh, do I have to? Mm-hmm. doesn't want to. So again, what you the way it will do it is, again, if you make it easy, if you make it safe, it go, okay, what we're going to do now is we're not going to do that sprint or that marathon brain. I'm going to, you're feeling good, right? Okay, we're going to walk out today to the driveway and back. Awesome, look at that, you did it, brilliant, high five, reward. Okay, now we're going to walk to the end of the street the next day. Boom, you know, and it's baby stepping. Um, but if people need to, you know, always, always remember your brain, your brain just loves to party and just lie down and not do a lot. It's all about, because it needs to, it's all about conserving energy because it's all about, hang. if I need to save your ass, if shit goes south, and I need to activate everything. I need every, I need all the blood. I need everything up here. So your brain is always about basically it's 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 always prepared. Got safety as its primary. Um, your safety is this overwhelmed. It's almost like a you know those um sci-fi movies where the robots like it's you know underlying mission is to is to blow up the city, is to kill the world. Its underlying robot mission for you is to protect you. And it will do everything in it. And of course, that means it doesn't want to do a lot because it needs to keep that energy in reserve. Okay, I'll stop talking now. (laughs) I can can go on about this stuff for a while, but that's the, um, I hope some of those, um, hope some of that stuff got through. No, it did. I think um, I'm I'm sure the listeners would agree as well. It really helps you make the connection um, about why we don't want to learn by nature. Um, but then um, we also say learning makes you happy because, uh, you know, your brain produces dopamine. But that's after the fact that you have actually learned. Well, that can be in the actual moment too. Like, if you, again, I always say if, if it's that feeling, again, it's that state of flow. Um, and I always get his name wrong, but, but you know, Mikhail um, Cheek sent me high. Um, you know, he's, he's the author of Flow and it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing book. Um, but if you ever think about anything that you're passionate about that you love, there is a certain moment when you're doing it that time disappears. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone who, who is anything that they've ever that that is that they, they love doing, hours will pass and they won't even notice it. And so while you're in the moment, your your brain's just dopamine filled. You're just flooding your body because you're not aware now of anything going on around you. So it could be writing something, it could be drawing something, it could be you know, going, it could be anything that you love to do. It could be going for a bike ride. It doesn't matter, but, um, you know, it doesn't have to be after the fact. It can be while you're doing it and you're in a state of flow where the challenge 
uh, is just at the right level. So there's still a little bit of um, there's a little bit there, but you can just you can just zoom on that flow for hours and not notice. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I guess, um, and then that's when it becomes addictive as well. Yeah, and 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 you get yeah, and you, and you go, I want more of this, more and, of you, and you and you and because you you love it. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, well, I guess so. Yes, we've established um why we need to learn as adults and at work. Um. Do you want to talk about the way the different types of ways that we learn as adults as well? Because um, I know as Inspire Group, you guys embrace blended learning a lot, um, yep. steering away from that old-fashioned um, learning um, theories. But, you know, as adults, we do have different ways that we need to learn and we need to embrace that. So what are they? Oh, look, you, you, you can learn... You can learn in so many different ways. I mean, let, let, let's so let, let's just so everyone used to say you have these learning styles. Yeah. Now that's that's being completely knocked on the head. That's all theory. Oh, like you have learning, you have learning preferences. But if you talk about the way your again your brain loves to learn, um, you know, if you look about the 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 five senses and terms of you know you've got sense of touch and sense of taste and smell and hearing and and vision, you got your five senses. You know, again, if you if you mapped out, you know, if you spread out the the your brain, it's about the size of if you mapped it all out, it's about the size of a baby's blanket. Pretty much the brain, the size of your brain. Now, if you divided that divided that into a four by four grid, um, if you had sixteen boxes, twelve of those boxes, if you if you divided that into the neurons of your brain, how many neurons are are associated with each of those five senses? Five senses. 12 of those boxes, 75% of the neurons in your brain are visual. So vision is the way, that's how, because basically, again, that's how we, that's how we survive. Yeah. You know, like, as a, as a, and again, you can't, you can't underplay the importance of the reptile brain at the back of your head, its role in, 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 in what goes on um, every day. You know, you've got the, you've got that reptile part, You've got the emotional limbic part where your memories are and your and, and all that sort of stuff, and then you've got the whole human being, you know, prefrontal cortex where we make our decisions and, and imagine and all, do all these sorts of things. But you know, you know, go right back to a caveman days. That whole brain pattern matching, like you know, you'd go out of a cave and you'd see, you know, you'd see part of a a creature's head, and your brain's going, where did I see that before? And of course, your brain's like, I saw it last week, that thing ate my dad. So, you know, and straight away you're running. Um, now, again, if you couldn't see, you, you don't live, you know, but in, in terms of human evolution, you know, obviously for people that are vision impaired, there's a lot of technology and there's an amazing amount of things these days that can, that can, that can fully uh, enable people to have a far more, you know, obviously a safer life and a more enriching life. But right back in the, you know, thousands of years ago, um, still the way the neurons work in our brain. Um, it's, 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 it's all about vision. So you can, you know, but, but again, how we learn, there are so many ways that we can learn. I mean, you can, you, these days you can, you know, the, 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 the second, you know, the, the biggest search engine in the world is Google. The second biggest search engine in the world is YouTube. Yeah. You know, how much, how much learning goes on on YouTube every day? Anything, you know, I need to learn how to cook. 
well, I can, you know, I can ask someone how to cook, I can buy a cookbook, or I could type in how do I cook, blah, blah, blah. I guarantee there's a hundred videos of someone cooking the meal. Um, but again, a lot of this is, is it's still very much um, visual. Um, but there's so many, you know, you can, you know, there, there, there's so many ways that you can learn something. You know, you can, you can, you know, don't, don't under, don't, you know, don't forget you can read a book. You know, books are still an amazing source of knowledge that can still completely change your purpose and the way you think about something. You know, you can, and again, you can learn something by going and having a coffee with someone really interesting. Yeah. These days we'll be doing it online for a while, but you can mm -hmm. still, you know, have a have a chat with somebody and make and you can learn a huge amount from from a few minutes with somebody. So there's there's so many there's so many uh you know, I think the great thing is that, you know, if you think about years ago, learning was still very much oh, let's go pre internet. Let's go like say say nineteen ninety, mid eighties. Let's go nineteen ninety. So, you know, it's still five years away from the internet. So if I wanted to learn something, I was still relatively, there, there, would, there would be things, and there, there were things that I had to do. So I, I could go to a library um, and I'd have to get a book. Now, how would I find what book that I wanted? I'd have to ask the librarian or I'd have to find out somewhere because, you know, there was lots of books on a topic, which is the best one. If you think about that before the internet, how would you actually know which is the best book? You'd have to somehow access an expert in that field. You'd have to know somebody who knew that thing going, oh, there's lots of books, go get this book, it's the best book. So you were still limited, it's still very, um, almost there's a bit of a traditional, you know, people again that, what if I didn't have access to people that knew that stuff? What if there wasn't a library close to me? What if I couldn't afford to buy a book? It's still at sections, you know, learning, learning was a lot harder for a large amount of society, you know, like if, what if my parents couldn't afford to have books in the house or all these sorts of things had a huge impact on people. So now you jump forward to now, you know, I can, I've got, I've got a, you know, I've got a Kindle, I've got hundreds and hundreds of books on there. Um, I can, I can Google any topic, I could download any, you know, if I wanted to get into coaching, I can download all the books on coaching that's available and right. read them. I can see, I can find out, I can, I can go online and find who are the best people in the world at this thing. And then I could probably somehow track them down and send them an email and say, hey, could we have a coffee? I'd probably say no, but I can still access them. I still know who the people are. So, you know, the, the, the actual, the arrival of the internet really leveled the playing field for so many people in terms of being able to access content, access knowledge. Um, but that's, that's always, you know, that's always only one part of it, you know, um, but, you know, there, there's, there's so many ways that people can learn now. Um, that Podcasts, one of them, right? What's that? Podcasts. It's a big yeah, one uh, after yeah. YouTube. Exactly, podcasts. Um, but you know, and, but you can't, you can't, you can't get around that. You know, there's there's th there's fundamentally three parts to learning, and and everyone's good at doing all three. Organisations, I would say, are pretty average at doing it two of them. 
So if you think about this, the, the, the first bit is I get some knowledge on something, uh, whatever it is. I've got to get some knowledge. Now that, And the next part is I need to apply it. I need to apply it to my life. I need to practice it. I need to do it. I need to use it in somehow. And then I need to, through that process, I need to reflect on it. Like, uh-huh. was it useful? How did it go? Do I need more of that next time? Was that rubbish? You know, you need to reflect on it and think about it. And then what's working, you keep on doing it. And what's not working, you drop it. I was waiting now, lot, for you to get there. <laughs> now, a lot of learning, and, and most people, you know, if you think about outside of work, um, if, you, if you think about outside of work, how most people are learning, they're doing that. Like, you know, people that are learning to cook, you know, they're looking at the cookbook, they're practicing the recipe, they might... They might, then they cook it and they change it and they go, oh no, I don't, I'm not going to put that much chili in it next time. But they're reflected on it and they've changed it and now they're actually going to change and they'll, they'll loop it again and they'll do it again next time, but they'll do it differently based on their experience. If you think about organizations, what organizations do is they'll go, here's a workshop, here's an online module. There you go. There you go. How you apply it on the job, don't care. It's superficial. How, how you practice it, not going to help you. Um, you know, what, what, how you're going to reflect on it down the track, not going to ask you. Yeah. So it's still, so, so there's, that, there's that disconnect too in a lot of organisations around how learning is practised compared to how people are actually learning every day outside of work. That's great. I'm so glad you touched on that because um, this, this was an area that um, we started to explore at work and... And also, um, I think when you explain this properly to people, uh, it helps them make that connection on on how you really learn. Um, so closing that loop, like you said, you learn, um, you apply and you reflect. And it's a reflection piece, which um, like it took me a while to understand as well in terms of like there's some there's some conscious uh, thinking going on, like internally. You, you can read something, right, like really quickly, and it could be an interesting topic um, that you that interests you and, and you, you know, you feel excited about understanding it, um, but then you just leave it at that and you let go, like you don't talk to someone about it, you know, yeah. days go by, and then what's happened? You forget about it. But unless you, you, you sit down, I think there's a bit of a, a like um, – uh, I like connecting this to mindfulness as well. Just thinking there for a couple of moments and internally reflecting, what did I just read? Um, okay, so what does that mean for me? So I think it's called metacognition. Yeah, yeah, thinking um, so about thinking, thinking. Yeah. yeah, thinking about thinking, thinking yeah. about what you have just learned. Unless that happens, I know for me that, you know, what I've just read, what I've just thought I learned doesn't really stick. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you can do that so easily. I you know I always think you know any learning that you go out that goes out in an organisation, all you have to do is say to the person at the end of the learning and whatever I somebody asking, hey, was that useful? Yeah. But it's what they say next. So they if they go yeah, regardless of whether they say yes or no, the key question then you follow up with is why. So what because if you ask somebody why, they can't autopilot. I've actually got a, it's my favorite question in learning to always ask why. Like if I, if I ask someone a question in an online module, here's some choices and they make a choice, whether they got it right or wrong, I don't care. I'm yeah. interested in why did you choose that? Why did you choose that option? So coming back to the reflection, you could ask someone at the end of an, any online module, any 
digital experience, any workshop, anything. So to the participants at the end, was that useful? Yes, it was. Why? And they'll go, okay, it was useful because I like the, I think this bit will be good for me or blah, blah. Or they might go, was that useful? No, nah, not really. Why? Not all that relevant for what I do or blah, blah. Hey, that's really good information. Thank you. So I think it, it, it's such an easy, it, it's, it's, again, reflection can actually be a really simple thing. Sometimes it's just asking a question and, 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 and also with a bit of a follow-up. And you've kind of, you know, if anyone's ever asked you, you know, everyone's got their favorite authors of books and they said, hey, what's your favorite book? And you said, this is my favorite book, blah, blah. You're going, okay. Yeah, my nice. natural curiosity is going to be, why is that your favorite book? Okay, let's get a coffee and sit down for, and talk about this for an hour. I can go, you know, but that's but that's the what you're getting someone is to unpack, you know, that you've that their one word response of this is my favorite through this active reflective conversation. You're really getting them to unpack the meaning. Why is this meaningful to you? And I want you to pull pull it in, and you're going to pull it apart in different ways. And through the act, actual act of reflection, you will discover things about this that you didn't think of before. You'll you'll start going, oh, actually, yeah, there's a bit of a theme there. I seem to, I seem to gravitate more towards this thing, or you know, you've asked me these reflection questions on these different things, and now that I'm looking, stepping back and looking at it from a a wide angle, I can see there's some themes here. I can see I really like these things with this in it more than that thing. And now I'm going to start thinking about why is that? Why do I like things with that more? And that'll send me off down another rabbit warren. And all that, and all you're simply doing is that's just simply started by asking people, was that useful? Yeah. Um, I think I really like uh, the example of like when you watch a movie. Like I've seen so many movies, right? But if you if you give me a movie name that I've probably watched and I wouldn't remember, um, hence why we forget, you know, so many of the times we forget the movies we've watched, um, unless some that there are, you know, there are specific ones that I I really remember. Um, it, it might have been that I've actually sat down and talked about it with someone, and it really created an emotion, and I shared it with someone, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I like that. Um, example. This is um, this is really key. Reflecting, I think, and helping people understand um, that reflection piece is um, ha has become one of my passions lately. Yeah, and 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 it can be done. You know, you can do it so easily. It yeah. doesn't have to take a lot of time, and you can design it. You know, again, you can integrate that into the learning. So again, it becomes part of the culture. So anyone knows that. Hey, if I do anything. If I have a learning experience, be it analog, digital, um, I'm going to get a question. They're going to ask me um, either straight after the fact or a couple of weeks later going, hey, was that useful? Have you been able to, you know, again, you can, you can ask an initial reaction going, hey, well, how did you feel about this? Is, is, is this something you think you could use? Yes or no? Why? Cool, blah, blah. You know, you might ask them one month later, hey, this thing, have you, did you apply it? But again, this is where I come back to. You, sometimes, especially in work in workplaces, if you want someone to apply something, you can't just go 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 and practice it, go and apply it. I'll be like, yeah, but I don't know how, when. So I think there's a there's the role of learning to also, and this is where I think you know, in design, you need to understand the the rituals of the organisation. Every organisation has rituals. Yeah. That could just be meetings. This is the way we run meetings in this place. This is how we do projects in this place. 
this is how we do these things. And then you're looking for opportunities going, right, I think there's a really good opportunity to apply this knowledge or this thing into this meeting. And the way you could apply it is you ask this question at the start, or, or you do this at the end, or I think we should apply this learning into these projects by simply redesigning this template. Or, you know, but again, you start thinking about going, how would I get someone to apply this and practice it or observe it? Like, and it could be, you know, it could be a whole bunch of things, but you're, you're always thinking about how would I get someone to practice this on the job or have a go? And again, that's going to be and and you experiment. You you know you might go look here here's a here and it could just be a suggestion. Here's a couple of suggestions based on our rituals, based on our culture, where you could apply it. And we're and we're gonna and we're gonna ask you in four weeks whether you've taken that opportunity. And if you have, how did it go? If you haven't, what got in the way? All and all these things. You're all, you're simply building up a culture. Um, you know, I think it's always good to have a culture that asks questions. Yeah, absolutely. Really got me thinking there. Awesome. <laughs> um, now, off to the big question. Uh, there's this there's this time thing, right? Where we're busy. <laughs> Do we want to go there or not? I don't. I'm not sure, but um, especially lately. Um, you know, I don't know, whenever you start a conversation with someone, the first thing they say is, you know, oh, how are you? Oh, busy. Um, we're all busy and we get that and we never have time for learning. Um, but truly, we do have lots of distractions um, around us, you know, as well as being busy at work. We've got the social media. Um, we've got all the news around the world um, that just, you know, uh, is happening in the background and we really don't have time to sit down and focus on um, learning and thinking about what we've learned and reflecting. So how do we um, how do we prioritize some of this important stuff that's you know that's you know learning is 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 something that's going to benefit you in the long run, um, whether yeah. at work or whether at life. So how do we start to think about um, you know how we can manage our distractions and and learn in the flow of life oh there's so much to there, there's, there's, <laughs> oh, look we, we could talk for hours about that there's so much to unpack there so let's let's just the, the elephant in the room when people say i'm busy um oh, this is just a, yeah that, that, that's that's just a, an automatic bullshit response everyone's busy there, there, there's no such thing like the thing is we all have the same amount of time in a day Time doesn't work differently for different people. You know, there are 60 seconds in a minute, yada, 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 yada. There's the same amount of hours in a day. What it simply means is that when people say, I'm busy or I don't have time to do that, that just means that they are prioritizing things. They will, but people will always find time for things that are important to them. Guarantee it. We all know that. So if there's something that's important to you, you will do it because it's a priority. You'll prioritize it. Something that's less important to you, you will prioritize that too. And that's how you do these things. Um, so it's so it's a question about how do we make learning more of a priority? And then, then, then there's a couple of things going on here. So firstly, 
Um, there's a great book by a guy called John Medina called Brain Rules, one of my favorite ground zero books. If you read one book on the brain, it's Brain Rules. And one of the my favorite rules, one of the rules it might be rule number four, is that the brain doesn't pay attention to boring things. Yeah. If it's boring, your brain has no interest in it. Like we said, your brain's on the couch eating pizza, watching TV. And if it's of interest, if it's of interest, it'll pay attention. If it's not, you know, if you think about think about a great like we get. Let's go back to the movie example. Now, if it's a great movie, if it's a great story, if you're locked in, man, I can sit through. Um, you know, I've sat through movies that are three hours long. Three hours, my brain and my brain has gone nowhere. Like my brain is there the whole time. I'm soaking this thing in because I'm in it. I'm in the story. So, so when people, you know, so often it's just like, well, if your brain can do that for three hours and you can love it and remember it and 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 watch it again and again and again and and say the lines to people, then don't give me this whole, I can't do fifteen minutes. I can't do 10 minutes. I can't do this sort of thing. It just means that actually you might have to make it less boring. You might have to make it interesting. Now let's take another step back. So there's another great book by the best book on motivation that I think is out there by a guy called Dan Pink called Drive. And there are three, and basically motivation is, it's not an extrinsic thing. Motivation is intrinsically in terms of why we do what we do. Yeah. And there are three levers to pull. Um, the first one is autonomy. So if you want, again, how do we motivate people? How do, how, how do you motivate yourself to do this thing more than this thing? There, there are three big factors in play that will decide what people do. The first one's autonomy, meaning that human beings, we need to have choice. And, it's, and it ties back to safety big time. If you don't give me choice, I don't feel all that safe. I feel trapped. Hence, yet the world we are living in right now we have very limited choices i don't have a lot of autonomy so i'm feeling quite frustrated by that um i can't just go to the shops when i want to i can't do the things that i want to and it's the same with a job um when there's a lot there's a, when there's a lack of autonomy that means i'm kind of in a factory line i have to do it the same way everyone else does it um so it's always important looking at, at a job at how people work going i can there might not be autonomy in everything but it's always important. There's different. There, there, there's when I do it, how I do it, who I do it with, all these sorts of things. It's important somewhere in there a person has a choice. That's why I'm a big fan of online learning. Um, give people choices as to how they do it, how they progress it, and you know, and, and give people options. Yeah. Um, so they don't feel like like again. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of locking down screens. You know, you're giving me zero autonomy. I have to click on every bloody thing before I go to the next screen. It's just like it's tr treat me like an adult. So there's autonomy. The other one's mastery. So human beings need to feel like I can get better at something. If there's an opportunity, I need to I need to feel like I can improve, which comes back to the why do we learn? There's an important evolutionary biological need to get better at something, but we also want to we want to get better at what we do. And the last one is purpose. So. We need to. This needs to feed into a bigger, a bigger meaning. Like, why? What's the purpose of the organisation? What difference are we making? What's my purpose as a human being? How is it adding to it? What's the? Why are we all here? There needs to be an overall purpose. Now, they're all massively important. If you had to say which is the most important, autonomy is the king of those three. Autonomy is 
it's it's just a massive thing for human beings. So again, when people go, how do we, you know, when people going, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm distracted or I don't have time to do this. You've got to look at these things like, well, how do we, how do we, how do we increase people's motivation to want to do something? Not extrinsically, like you'll get a reward if you do this or blah, 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 blah. How do we increase your internal engine to want to do something? We look at autonomy, we look at mastery, we look at purpose, and we find out from people, what is your, but where, where do you fill up your bucket? For some people are very purpose-driven. So if your learning is very clear up front going, let me write in big neon words the purpose of this and how it fits into our vision and how this thing will make a difference. If you, if you give me my purpose up front, I'm there. Other people, they're all about getting better at something. So the story needs to be also then how do we, how is this going to help you get better at what you do? How is this going to get you to the next stage? How are we going to, how does this yeah. get yeah. you to, to being a, because people want to be, some people really want to be a, a master in their subject. And the other one is, you know, autonomy. How do you give people choices? Hey, you could do this thing online. You could also do it by listening. You, know, you could listen to a podcast. You could do this thing online. You could have a chat with somebody. If you're doing it online, you could do um, you could do it in chunks. You don't have to do it all at once. Again, the more choices you give people, the more that the less they feel like a student sitting in school being talked to by a teacher, and we all have to learn the same way. You're treating me like an adult. So, so on one on one hand. Yeah, the whole busyness is, is is that's that's just the person saying I have things that are more important than the thing you wanted me to do, mm. and I and I and and whether it is or not, that's another conversation entirely. But that's simply a matter of that person's prioritised other things over the learning, and then you go, well, they might be prioritising other things over the learning because the learning's pretty boring. <laughs> so we need to make the learning less boring. And how do we, and then the other part is, how do we increase people's intrinsic motivation to want to do this stuff? And, 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 and looking at the culture as well and looking at those buckets is how we can do that. Does that help? Yeah, no, it does, absolutely. And um, I can see that this conversation can go um, all the way up to talking about how we need to become T-shaped people and start learning other skills um, to add into our toolkits. But do we want to go there today? <laughs> We've oh, got we, like we, ten minutes yeah, to we go. Could, we, could, we, we could we could certainly save that conversation for another yeah, for another, session. It another time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, we might just wrap it up then, Stu. Um, oh, it was very awesome. insightful. Um, and I have huge respect for you, obviously, having um, worked with you before um, and being exposed to all the things you guys do at Inspire Group. Um, but my respect has gone just a notch up today. Um, you know so much about, you know, obviously having the experience and you've got so much knowledge that I, I think um, we'll, we should definitely do another one with you. Oh, we we will do it. We will do another one, and and oh, look, and, and I'm I've just got more knowledge because I'm older. Um, but but also, yeah, thank thank you, Ace. I mean, I know the team love working with you, and I think you've got you know you're a real gun. I think in terms of your career and your you know, I think your curiosity and the way you look at things is um you know we we need more people in the learning world 
um, that have um, that look at things the way you're looking at things. So I thank you for inviting me on today. Oh, that's great. Thanks for your lovely words. Well, it was awesome having you. All right, buddy. Well, I'll um, I'll catch up with you soon, okay? Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Hope you found that interesting to listen to. See you next time.